Just wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sidebar Forever. If you like the show, please subscribe to us at SidebarForever.com as well as share episodes of the podcast on your social media. That way, new listeners can find us as well. Disney Plus and Marvel Studios have finally released the first three episodes of their long-awaited animated series, What If? Everyone on this podcast is a fan of the OG comics, and we were intrigued at the idea of Marvel relaunching What If? as an animated television show. And overall, the first three episodes are not bad, although mileage may vary. Dwight and Swain jumped on the mics to discuss what if Peggy Carter had become Captain Carter, the first Avenger? What if T'Challa became a Star-Lord? And what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? They also offered their opinions on the animation style, the voice work, most of it done by actors from the original MCU films, and how a show with a premise like this might be resonating with your casual MCU film fan. I'm Adrian Johnson. I am not on this podcast, but I'd like to think I'm somewhere off in the distance like Watu, watching, observing, yet refusing to interfere, but still asking, what if? Uh, I just thought this was a really interesting, an interesting area for, uh, you know, for Marvel and for Kevin Feige to kind of go into. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought really them making a, any kind of a TV series based on these characters that we've been seeing in the films for the last, you know, 12, 14 years, whatever it is. Right. I thought that was that was interesting, period. But then the fact that they were going to do what if and that it was going to be animated, I thought was, you know, again, majorly interesting. Um uh, and, I, and I'll get into kind of my, my reasons why later in our, in our conversation. But the first episode uh, premiered on August 11th. And I guess there are nine episodes in total. Right. Uh, for this, uh, this, this, this se- season of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is part of Marvel's Phase 4. And it was created by uh, A.C. Bradley. And I think she worked on two other animated series before this. Uh, Troll Hunters and Three Below. Both of which I've never seen. Troll Hunters is with, uh, with uh, uh, not Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, Benicio del Toro. That's his, that's his story. He's in that one as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, not Benicio. Okay. Not ben, but is it Benicio del Toro? That's um, no the the um, the director. Oh, Benicio Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Okay. The other yeah. del Toro. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, and uh, and I was surprised to see this too. Ryan Minerding is the uh, is the head of visual development for the series. Oh yeah. Did you catch that? I did. I did. He's he. You know, he, he's, he's the man, you know, he's, he's making sure his, his stamp was on everything. Yeah. All those costume designs are his, man, you know, ultimately. Yeah. He, um, he's, he's a concept artist who's worked on a ton of, of films, and specifically uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, mm-hmm. uh, like, like Dwight is saying, in terms of uh, uh, costume designs and character designs, you know, bringing them from the comic page. To the, uh, to the big screen. And I, oddly enough, we tried to get uh, Minerding on the show mm-hmm. in the previous iteration uh, years and years ago, and it just never worked out. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, Ian McCaig, our friend Ian McCaig, was trying to be the, uh, to help us out in terms of getting in touch with Ryan, and it, and it just didn't work out. But he and Ian are friends, 
And I believe Ian was his mentor when he was first kind of coming up as a concept artist. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And, and not enough, look, so when Ryan left Ian, he was but the learner. Perhaps now he is the master. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> he, he is no longer the Padawan, sir. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Very well stated for the Disney Universe, sir, and Star Wars Beyond. Yeah. 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 But um anyway, what were what were your initial uh, takeaways, man, from the first three episodes of the uh of the show? I think they're very good, man. Um, I get I get the vibe now where here's my thing. I, I wrote down a couple of notes about what my pluses and minuses were, um, and you know while I I love me some Jeffrey Wright, mm-hmm. I, I I'm not feeling his voice as being the right one for 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 uh, Utah or or Uatu. Uatu, thank you. Maybe for, maybe maybe for Utah it is, but for Uatu it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Salt Lake City, I got you. Right. <laughs> the infinite parallel universes, no. <laughs> not so much, not so much. But yeah, it's just it's like it's like, and don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's, it's an opening that's got. They need to either boost him up a little bit or or give him some more like put a little more volume behind his voice because when he's when he's narrating, it's perfectly fine. But it's that initial opening with the the what if is like a it's kind of it's kind of faint. It's like okay, you have to ask yourself. You know, these are cosmic beings. You know, they, they should have more gravitas. I mean, that's what I'm putting upon them. You know, I mean, that's my thing. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because that was in, in my notes as well. And I was going to ask you if you thought that, that Wright was really bringing it as, as mm-hmm. Uatu. Mm-hmm. To me, he's not quite right because I don't hear Uatu sounding all deep and breathy. Mm-hmm. I hear him sounding as I am Uatu, you know, kind of almost less emotional and less um, evocative and more matter of fact. In other words, he is an observer. You know, he's 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 watching, he's observing, he doesn't interfere. So him sounding a little less into it, mm-hmm. you know, almost like just like a simple college professor stating the facts. This is what it is. Right. So but that I, I agree with you there. I, I don't think he's quite right. And I love Jeffrey Wright. Um, yeah, he's awesome. You know, immensely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe they'll give him some other cues later on down the line. And eventually, you know, he does. I mean, if, if they play this out to his full fruition, uh, like they do in comics, he will break his he will break his pack to some degree and push himself away from just being a watcher and become more of a, a helper. Mm. You know, so maybe at that point in time, we'll see a little more, maybe a little more vocal inflection, a little more presence based on that. Maybe so. Maybe so. And I guess we should say that the first three episodes. Um uh, episode number one is what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Basically, Peggy Carter becomes Captain Carter or Captain Britain or Captain Britain, yeah, yeah, what have you. Uh, the second episode is what if T'Challa became a Star Lord, mm-hmm. and then the third one is what if the world lost its mightiest heroes. Those are the official titles of those episodes. But but what what else did you think other than uh, than right possibly not being you know uh, uh not not being right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, I'm not uh, as far as the, as far as the um, the first Avenger goes. Uh, two things about that. I mean, I love the animation. Animation it, at first it, it kind of had to grow on me because I saw I see a lot of lot, lot of strong Disney influence in it. Like there's a lot of a lot of playful you know fa- facial shapes and constructions and, and, and liberties taken, which is really which is good though. It's after at the first couple of watches it it, it 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 sold me. You know, first couple of viewings it sold me. Mm-hmm. The the whole play of of um, whole thing of wherein now Steve Rogers becomes the first like. Like Iron Man slash Iron Giant, 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, not so much. You know, it just didn't, it doesn't sit well with me. I mean, and that iron, that arm was just there waiting to be used in the background, and conveniently, you're now... Uh, Steve Rogers fits 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 the the the, the bill to be inside of it. When he, before he became, you know, uh, shot that he didn't fit the bill. You see what I'm saying? Like it's almost like the suit was made for him, because nobody else really understands it. But he understands it perfectly well. And he's hasn't been tutored in it or anything like that. So he's got a natural proclivity to the proclivity towards the, the the mechanics of it. It's just weird, you know. It's convenient. You know? I liked it, yo. You, I can't believe you didn't like it. I liked it a lot. I, I, I just said I didn't like it. It's just it's, it didn't, it didn't, didn't. It's just weird. I mean, I, I keep getting images of the Iron Giant when I see it. I, I really want to see the Iron Giant. I want to see, like, uh, Iron Monger or whatever the character was supposed to be that Odai Stan was playing in the, in the in the movie version of it. Okay. It doesn't feel like formidable to me. It feels playful. You know? Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, what about uh, what about the one with T'Challa becoming a Star Lord? You said you watched that one twice, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, that's that's my favorite, man. Because it was it was unexpected they would have so many so much character participation in it. Like I, things you didn't think you wanted to see. Like I think that to me the the star of that particular episode is not, not only Bozeman, rest in peace, but um, uh, Jamon Hansu killed it. Oh yeah, kills it. I mean he's just he's hilarious. He's funny. Um, he's, he's that, that might be some of his best acting, yo. <laughs> he's generally pretty terrible. You think so? I just like unimpressive. I mean, to me, it's like okay. See, I, I I I liked him in Gladiator, man. He was he was good. He was good in Gladiator to me, and you know, give us us free and all that, and uh, you know, I'm a star, yeah. But <laughs> but no, to your point, I mean, I, but still, he's very. Was, you can see you can see the character. You felt like. This character's really into, you know, what, what the, you know, what he was, um, what he was saying to. He's like, really, the Star Lord? Mm-hmm. Oh, should I bow to you, or should I? Versus the way it actually really was in the in the in the, uh, in the movie with, um, um, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, and it felt it was interesting, you know, and I like the idea of the the constant that they evoked, just that, that how one man can change everything, and um, how like the purity of, of T'Challa's soul. Mm-hmm. It helped to change even the, the, the most ardent ravagers into being like more of a, of a Robin from the rich given to the poor Robin Hood type situation. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the personality of their whole kind of mission in life was changed by the nobility mm-hmm. and the, uh, the ethical standings of T'Challa, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and not the other way around, you know. Even even you know Michael Rooker as Yondu, you know, was kind of like you said, more of a Robin Hood or Zorro kind of a figure, mm-hmm. as opposed to a straight Ravager or you know someone who's you know, like a you know like a like a hooligan, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so to speak. But yeah, I agree. And, and what about as far as uh, what if Earth lost its or uh, the world lost its mightiest heroes with Samuel Jackson <laughs> as uh, as Nick Fury? You know, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think this is, I, I know because it's a series. It's all building up to some kind of climatical, you know, um, um, crescendo. Yeah, know? it would have to, yeah. it have to. But it's just, I mean, <clears throat> to see them all kind of picked off so easily at, their, at like their weakest moments by what turned out to be, I guess you call them Yellow Jacket. <clears throat> right. It was like, okay, 
Yeah, I don't know if you're to 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 pierce the 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 the, the person of a of a godlike being like Thor that easily, or even be able to get inside of of a of a, the Hulk when nobody else can do it. But I guess what it boils down to is you're at a microscopic level. You can do what you, you know you can get through a lot of those small parts that you ordinarily wouldn't be able to get through. Right. So it was it was mysterious. They did a good job of holding the mystery for a long time. It was like, who could this be? What the hell's going on? You know, because you had no idea. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. When Black Widow finally said, it's hope, it's all about hope, that's when I knew. Okay. okay. I caught it then. I was like, oh, okay. Because I was, th- I was thinking the same thing you were. I was like, you know, like you said, it was, they kept the mystery going for a long time. Mm-hmm. You couldn't really figure out what was going on. Like, how are these guys getting picked off? And by the way, Thor was, he's a human being at this point. Okay, yeah. You know, he's, right. he's not a god. He's, you know, he's just a human being with really nice hair. That you know, Hawkeye and and Coulson commented on. I love that, you know. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was very funny. That was very funny. Yeah. But um, but I do think, like you said, that, you know, and then the reveal at the end that it was actually Hank Pym as Yellow Jacket, uh, as portrayed by Michael Douglas, uh, who came mm-hmm. back and reprised his role. I thought that was pretty cool. It was. Um, a rag a rag looking Michael Douglas too, yeah. He was like he was like a rag looking Michael Douglas. He's like a yeah, a yeah exactly like. <laughs> Like Michael Douglas looking like, you know, something somewhere between himself and his dad, Kirk Douglas, you know. And, and, and Scrooge, yo. You know, yeah, just kind of, ah. You know, and he had that kind of, ah. He, you know, Janet and, uh, and Hope. Uh, you know, he, was, he, had, he had that old man grizzle in his voice. He did, yo. He did. <laughs> but, um, but as, as Dwight is kind of implying, too, and, and I, think, I think I like Captain, uh, Captain Carter, and I liked uh, T'Challa as a Star Wars. Those were two were my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Dwight's kind of kind of implied, uh, um, you know, a lot of the original actors came back and reprised their roles in the uh, in the MCU films for this this animated series. So, mm-hmm. you know, Haley Atwell came back as Peggy Carter. Uh, Sebastian Stan was Bucky. Dominic Cooper was you know Howard Stark. Uh, you know Tony Stark's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanley Tucci was uh, Erskine. But uh, Josh Brolin, Benicio del Toro, Kurt Russell, Karen Gillan, uh, Jeremy Renner, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Tom Hiddleston, Clark Gregg, even Jamie Alexander as Sif, yo, she came back. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, that was her. That was her. Yeah. Now, now missing from it was uh, Chris Evans was not Steve Rogers. Right. Yeah, that was an actor named Joshua Josh Keaton. Mm-hmm. Lake Bell was Natasha Romanoff, aka the Black Widow. That wasn't Scarlett Johansson. Okay, wow. Um, yeah, and, and and then the uh, the the voice of uh, Captain Marvel was not Brie Larson. It was actually another actor. Okay, and 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 Hugo Weaving is not Hugo Weaving wasn't wasn't playing Red Skull either. So right, right. But he hadn't been the Red Skull since uh, the first Avenger, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Hugo's like you got you got to pay your boy. Sorry. Right. See, I'm, I'm Elrond. <laughs> so yeah man but um but yeah but one of the things that i thought about man watching these these three episodes is the first and the third were pretty much already done in the original comic series back in the uh, 70s and 80s right you know what if captain america was someone else they've done that before and then also um you know what if the uh, world lost its mightiest heroes you know, what if the Avengers had been no more? That might have been the very first uh, what if, as a matter of fact. Could have been. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, they, you know, they actually had they had pretty much done those stories in a different way in the comics. And then, mm-hmm. you know, T'Challa being a Star-Lord, that's just kind of a go-to in the What If series to say, hey, what if uh, Rick Jones 
uh, was Captain Marvel or, or Rick Jones became the Hulk or, you know, they would do that. You know, what if Spider-Man actually was uh, in the Fantastic Four? You know, what if Daredevil was in S.H.I.E.L.D.? What if someone else found the hammer? Jane Foster found the hammer of Thor. And then they actually put that in canon, mm-hmm. you know, in, uh, later on in the uh, in the comics. And she did actually pick up the hammer of Thor and become. And in the new movie, this what's going to be. It's gonna, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, Love and Thunder, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they they kind of, you know, done that kind of what if someone else did this. But I thought, like you said, like you pointed out, and that was that was a good point, man, that it was very interesting that T'Challa's place amongst uh, Yondu and his crew, you know, made a difference in their lives in the same way that his place in Wakanda and then eventually in the Avengers, you know, he made a difference, mm-hmm. you know, uh, by him being, you know, someone who was raised differently than, you know, the people that he was he was riding for, you know, mm-hmm. did. Think about this, man. Let's let's just trace it way back. Let's go back to the movies real, real quick in terms of uh, in terms of the significance of the Black Panther and T'Challa. Let's thought about this. It's a bit of a, a, a rabbit trail. Okay, his decision not to kill Baron Zemo mm-hmm. led to Baron Zemo being able to stay alive longer to kill several other people inside of the the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier series, mm-hmm. which which late which leads to other events happening. Inside the, inside the Marvel series, so that, that that whole trickle down theory is, is a strong one, man. Where it's like you just never know who and what you're affecting, and um, it's it's cool. It's cool. Uh, I, I dug it a lot. I dug it a lot. Yeah, and that was kind of the thing too that I, I I appreciated. Again, I thought this was kind of an odd, maybe even a weird idea to say, hey, let's try to do this as as an animated series, you know, because. You know, when What If came along, it was during the middle of you know like the bronze age Mm. of comics so this is right when everybody is keying in on continuity you know the roy thomases and the children of roy thomas you know people who grew up on comics in the 60s and came of age in the 70s then they became young comics professionals in the 70s and the 80s you know they are all leaning back to the continuity that stan and jack and ditko and buscema and uh you know and all of those folks create you know that they that they started so mm-hmm. when what if comes along you know it's it's usually very much like adrian pointed out on our episode it's a deviation from the canon it's a deviation from the continuity mm-hmm. you know uh it's you know like a you know there's a there's a splintering and then there's a river that goes off this way and now we have a whole new different universe over here that runs parallel to this universe over there and I like the fact that they did keep the spirit of that in this, mm-hmm. like you said, with T'Challa. Although it's like, for some reason, it didn't really hit me that they kidnapped Peter Quill and took him from his family and from Earth, right? And kind of made him like this, you know, this adopted Oliver Twist kind of a guy or whatever, you know, hanging out with the with the vagabonds or whatever. But it really was like, okay, no, T'Challa had like a loving father and mother and sister and, you know, a loving community. And you just took this dude. Right. You know, this is fucking, you know, child, you know, child kidnapping, yo. Yeah, Yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was was like, it was things like, um, I I liked about it though, man, I I enjoyed the, 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 the colorblindness of it. Like, as you can see in space and and, in galactic, the galactic nature, there's, there's, everybody has different colors. I mean, Yondu's blue. Some of his crews are pink. Some of his crews is red, etc. Cetera, etc. So, like it said, it was a Terran. It was a great. It was a great. As his crew members said, there was a great power surge outside where he was, and and, and we figured it was him. Is this look anything like this kid to you? 
It's like, well, yeah, they all look alike to me. You know, it's like, well, that, that was kind of cool. You know, it's like he's got a two, some, two ears on the side. He's got one in the front. <laughs> got two, was that, two, 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 uh, two eye holes, and one mouth hole and two ear holes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, whose brother is that, man? Is that like Sam Raimi's brother or somebody like that? Who is that that, that uh, does it that? Is, uh, I think it's James Gunn's brother. James Gunn, okay. <laughs> yes, James Gunn's brother, yeah. So, he's hilarious, man. Yeah, Sean Gunn. That's his, yeah, Sean Gunn. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man. That, that was great, man. And then also, uh, some of the little touches in that particular episode, like uh, Karen Gillan as Nebula calling uh, T'Challa Cha-Cha. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was kind of cool. I was like, okay. That was kind of sexy, yo. You know what I'm saying? It, it like, kind of was, yo. It kind of was. There's something going it on. It kind of was. It was like, okay. <laughs> All right. And, um... But I, I like that a lot. I like that uh, an awful lot, and um, and I liked the, like even in the one with uh, the Avengers, um, I liked a lot of the humor mm-hmm. that was in that particular episode where you know we're talking about Thor's hair and how how wonderful and rich and and, and flowing his hair is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, and even um, you know some of the other kind of just quick one liners and jokes that popped up. Mm-hmm. Now I'll say this much as far as Captain Captain Carter was concerned. And this goes back to the movies for me as well. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten comfortable with the idea of them saying that the super soldier serum makes someone amplified. Okay. Because in the comics, the original comics, Captain America is a guy. Right. He's just the ultimate physical specimen, but he's not super powered. You know, he doesn't have the strength of three or four guys. He, you know, he can't bend metal in his hands. And, right. Uh, he can't snap handcuffs, you know. Right. Uh, you know, he is he is just supposed to be the ultimate physical specimen, the ultimate representation of uh, human physiology. Right. And he just also happens to be a great strategist and a soldier and a fighter and all these other things. So I never really liked that. Oh, she can stop a truck, you know, like she's, you know, freaking Superman or some shit. I was like, OK, you know, and they did that. They do that in the movies as well. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I- Things like that, I was willing, I was willing to forgive because I realized the nature of the animation was about to be show some some some, some grand, yeah, uh, you know, physical exposition what she can do. What I, what I didn't like, even though it was timely, I realized where it was. I got t- I didn't I didn't like. I, I love Agent Carter the television show. Let me say that. But, yeah, and I, I love Haley Atwell. She's awesome. She's all that. Yeah, um, but I didn't like. I get. I'm always thrown back to that time era where it's like you're like you're in the room, touch, and you're just a you're just a gal after all, and yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I get tired of that shit. Like that friggin' Colonel Quinn. I'm glad she finally put him in his place. It's like she's like, I'm glad you're lucky. You're in the room, Colonel. It's like yes, yes. You know. But the, but you know, the, for them to acknowledge that stuff, which you know is because they did it a little bit, a little less obviously so in um in the first Avenger the the film. Mm-hmm. But you know, they definitely made it more obvious in this that you know that she was being treated differently because she was a woman. And she just didn't have the presence and the respect of her peers that her male counterparts would. So I kind of like that they did that. But like you said, it was annoying. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, it's hard to listen to that through 2021 years, or 21st century years. Yeah, that's a filter. Yeah. You know, where you sound like, you know, you sound like a dinosaur. Right, right. Um, and oddly enough, that um, the actor who played uh, that general or that military. Uh, Colonel, Colonel, yeah. Was uh, he was the guy who was the father in uh, Get Out? Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the father. He played the father of the uh, uh, in uh, in Get in Get Out. But that's funny. Um, 
But like going back to what you were saying about the animation style, man, that was something else for me as well, where it took a minute for me to kind of get used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, my daughter used to watch these kinds of, you know, she would watch the Disney movies and the Pixar movies, but then she would buy these kind of B-level and C-level kind of uh, animated movies that they would make and put on DVD. And they would get like, you know, Martin Short to do voices and, you know, kind of actors who who are a little bit more off of the beaten path, maybe a little past their, their quote, prime. Right. And the animation would always look like better than like Dora the Explorer or something like that, but not as good as obviously like a Pixar film like Toy Story or uh, Finding Nemo or something like that. Right. And that's kind of what this reminded me of. And like you said, after a while, I kind of got used to it. And I was like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. You know, it almost kind of looked a little bit like uh, a Scanner Darkly. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, like it's like you could tell that the the uh, the base of the of the animated characters is definitely a three D model, mm-hmm. and they they put they put a filter on it, which makes you think is with, with lines to make you think that it's it's uh, it's an animated character, but it's not. It's it's done. It's done, it's all it's all three D. Okay. Okay. You know? All right. Mm-hmm. So I got Man, you. I, but yeah, I, I think I think the biggest I think the biggest flip as far as characterization goes, not to interrupt you. Um, is um I, I love I love Thanos too man Thanos and and this and and his you know passive mode yeah is is really a, really a treat you know to see him not now you didn't like you said you didn't you didn't you were not ultimately super imp- yeah impressed with Brolin in the films yeah, right yeah no I, I st- and I, I'm still not but I mean him as an animated character is his personality and, and the, the the his immersion to the character came through in this you know and it's I'm still trying to convince him that that you know. It's, well, it's not. It's not really genocide. It's you know. It's because I'm not right. picking. I'm not, I'm not targeting a particular <laughs> people. It's <laughs> that was that was kind of the running joke throughout the whole episode where people right. were trying to tell you, you, you're saying mass murder is actually the way to fix the galaxy, right? <laughs> <laughs> which really, was really. which was kind of uh, which was kind of cool that they uh, mm-hmm. that they actually you know kept kept exploring that as you know as an idea, mm-hmm. but um. As far as uh, the Avengers episode goes, it's funny because Tom Hiddleston is fantastic as Loki live action. Like there's just right. there's nothing better. He might be the best bringing to life of one of those characters of all because mm. he just seems to have that kind of sniveling, covert, you know, hidden agenda, mm-hmm. you know, the God of mischief. You know I'm, that I'm ha- haughtiness, you know. You yeah, know. <laughs> he just has all of that. Like it's in his face, it's in his physical demeanor, it's in his voice and how he projects it. It's in his acting, which is always great. But I found his voice acting to be a little stunted, to be a little really? stiff. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't quite as good. I mean, it's the same lines, you know, as is. Right. I will reduce this planet to ash and rubble. You know. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, he he he's definitely bringing you. You know, the uh, he's making the speeches that you want him to make. But I didn't find his voice acting to be as good, per se. Same thing with, um, like, even the actors who they hired who were playing other characters. Like, you know, the actor who was playing uh, Betsy Ross. There was another one where I was just like, okay, these people just sound so plain. And, like, they have, like, they have, there's nothing behind what they're doing. They're just saying the lines. You know, they're just, right. there's just, there's just nothing to it. You know, right? You know, and, and to your point, that's, that's an interesting point I was bringing up earlier, man. It's like that's why Jamal Hansen sticks out and various other character actors stick out because you could tell they were committed to it, man. They were, 
there, there was there was a definite there was a connection that they got. Yeah. And, and you know, it's hard to achieve that connection. I guess I imagine through. Depending on how you record it, you know, because they could have been recording in one studio, but another person's recording in another studio. They may see the character, now have, now have an idea of where they are, the immersion of the event that they're supposed to be at the point that's, in time. And, yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a very that's a very fair point. They're they're obviously mm-hmm. not recording together, mm-hmm. and they may even have other substitute voices, voice actors, uh, you know, to interact with, and not the originals. And like you said, not really being able to see it, get a sense. Of where the character is and what this, you know, the sense of peril or ease of the situation is. Right. So you're right about that. I think out of all of them, in terms of the 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 uh, the OG actors who came back and reprised their roles, mm-hmm. I think Haley Atwell was great. Uh, I thought that uh, Dominic Cooper as, as Howard Stark, he was he's as good as always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about you know I had a had a had a weekend affair with a. Uh, with Hetty, uh, whatever it is, some German actor actress from uh, you know from the ho- glory days, of, the golden days of Hollywood in the forties. Right. But I don't know what this is, you know. Hetty right. uh, <laughs> Lamar, some, somebody like that. But he was great. I thought the guy who Josh Keaton who played Steve Rogers, Skinny Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. he was pretty good. Yeah. He was pretty good. Yeah. He he kind of gave you a little bit of Chris Evans because at first I was like, that's not Chris Evans, although it's pretty close. Right. Right. It's definitely pretty close. Yeah. Um, Rooker was not great to me. He was okay. Yeah. He was okay, but he's not great. I like to look at Michael Rooker. Okay. When he talks. <laughs> uh, maybe that's, that might be my own uh, my own personal uh, uh, shortcoming. And I thought Clark Gregg was fantastic. Always. Yeah, he's just always a pro, and he just he just killed it. And yeah. Sam Jackson, again, was he was great, man, as fucking Nick Fury, yo. He just, he, uh, you know, he's got the code cracked on that. You know, he, he can do live action. He can do voiceover he can do he can do he can do it all you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I like uh, i like um <clears throat> actually it's interesting i liked i liked the animated version of the collector benicio del toro yes be- be- better than I, better than i did the uh the live action i agree with you sir yeah He's, i did too i did he, too he gave me he gave me that sense of massiveness like he he looked, he looked like he could with some ass like he's like he could handle himself you know yeah yeah and he gave you quite a bit of that because he, he got into a little bit of uh a fight in the uh a little hand to each who's throwing hands in the uh, in the episode, correct? Yeah, you know, T'Challa and and uh, and and uh, and um, uh, Yondu. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was that was very cool, uh, mm-hmm. and I thought I thought so as well. What do you think, man? And uh, and this may, may be my last question, I guess, formal question, but uh, to you and and I both. But how do you think a series like this, with this specific premise? will resonate with like the casual MCU film fan. Mm. Meaning, is it really just for super nerds like us and any of them who happen to come along? Or is it, or, or do you think that the producers of the show were really aiming this at the casual MCU fan and that this kind of an odd idea, because it was an odd idea even in the comics. Right. You know, that, that, that the casual MCU fan who is not a super nerd is actually going to like get what it's supposed to be and feel it in the way that we felt it back in the seventies and eighties. That's a really good question. Um, I think the seeds of this go back to, um, the first season of Loki, mm-hmm. wherein they started playing with the idea of fabric of, of, of splintering reality. So for the, for the fan that liked Loki and, the, and for the fans that liked Loki, and there are many, um, if they start seeing where they're headed as far as the splintering reality goes, they can they might be more receptive to the idea of what this alternate reality offers. Uh, with what if, mm-hmm. as far as animated series goes, I think the biggest chasm for anim- for people that like 
live action versus animated is just that. You know, they don't they, they, they don't like they don't like animated films. They're not going to they're not going to care much for this version of, of the MCU. Yeah. But I think I think they'll be if they don't watch this version of MCU, they're going to miss out on some of the key factors and some of the things that are going on, which are going to happen inside the live action too. So. Marvel and Feige and, and all the and this, all the story writers, all the story, all the all the, uh, the the writers are very smart, man. They have this this, this extreme long plan that's worked for 12, 15 years. It continues to develop and get bigger and bigger each time they make a movie, and make a, a some kind of additional IP they add into it, and that's that everything fits into everything fits into it. So if you miss one thing, you're missing something that might be key to satisfying your interest or understanding development of that story that's coming up next. Mm-hmm. So. Very, very important, very inspirational, and very smart. So I think, you know, I think people go along with it, either not with it initially for the ride, just to see where it goes next, just to see the end credit sequences and see where it takes you. Mm-hmm. Which, have, there, 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 have you, were there, any, there haven't been any, any end credit sequences in this, have there? I thought I've noticed. There have been like little tag-ons at the end, but not really end credit sequences. Not like a, like a stinger that they hide in the, no, not, not like they do in the films that, I, that I've noticed. And, right. You know, yeah. So... Yeah, I think I think they'll if they give it a chance they'll like it. I think um, as far as discussing the, the weaker of the three, if I had to put it uh, put a, a, as an idea out there, I think the weaker of the three, of course, is to me is because it was so beholden to the the first film, its first Avenger. I mean, first Avenger is, is Captain Captain Carter. To me, that was the weakest of the three. Um, but that's not saying it was weak. I mean, as a, going back, like I said, watching it again, um, I, I saw I saw some very like like really significant points. Of action effort that, that when they were involved in it that um, does pay off in the overall arc of Steve Rogers and, and Peggy Carter. And, and right, and even in that even in that episode with with uh, Captain Carter, again going back to kind of the spirit of the original comics, mm-hmm. they still had her. She still helped defeat the Nazis in the Red Skull. Right, and ultimately she does jump through time uh, through a, more like a portal. And end up in modern day in the same way that Steve Rogers as Captain America ended up in modern day, and they actually brought you to that very sequence where Cap runs out of the uh, out of the hospital room and he's out in you know in modern day New York, and Nick Fury says, "Hey, I you know we tried to ease you into this Cap, but you you know you've been you're you're in in 2000 you know 15 or whatever it is you know this is you've been in you know frozen in time for the last you know 80 90 years." Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that they still kept that same thread. In other words, Captain America, someone with a super soldier serum, has to end up in modern day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, you know, the the forces of the universe and fate are going to make sure that that happens. I thought that was actually pretty. That was pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you, man. I do think that. I think the biggest hurdle will be people who don't like animation. Mm-hmm. You know, like there seems to be kind of a demarcation line between or a separation point between people who really like live action and really like animation. You know, obviously someone like yourself and myself, you know, we we fuck with both. Mm-hmm. But like my daughter, she likes the original, like she loved the original Star Wars trilogy. She loved The Force Awakens when she first saw it, you mm-hmm. know, and she, you know, she was crying when she found out Yoga had, Yoda had died. And, you know, she was just she was all into it. Right. And then once she got to Clone Wars, she didn't really have much much more interest in going back to the uh, wow. live action okay. films. Okay. So when Mandalorian came along, she was like, ah, she just wasn't interested. You know, she was all about the Clone Wars. Right. You know, and now she's really into anime. So 
you know, when I talk about live action movies that I know she would enjoy, right? She just seems to have little to no interest. You know what I mean? Okay. As a matter of fact, I was I was watching Captain Carter, and she we were eating dinner at the at the kitchen table, and she had her, her earbuds in, and she was looking at her phone, and she paused her phone, and she was like, "What is that?" Because mm-hmm. she thought it was anime at first, right? You know, because I guess of the style, and she just couldn't tell what was going on. And I was like, "Oh, is this that?" And she was like, "Oh yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that." But I think you're right. I think the average fan who's really into the films, and probably more specifically, really into the actors who brought those characters to life for them, this is going to be a departure. Right. You know, uh, in the same way that kind of was for us as fans of the comics and all the all the great artists who rented those characters on the uh, on the printed page. And then once we started seeing them, like you know, like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and we're like, huh, you know, or uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, or Halle Berry as Storm or, you know, Thomas Jane as Punisher. And you're like, you know, he's like, no, no, no. What are you doing? Stop. Right. You know. Yeah, man. So, uh, and, uh, you know, a good point about that, too, is that um, as character actors go, just character actors, it makes a difference. Like if this cast wasn't anywhere close to what the original cast was, like somebody else playing, you know, um, <clears throat> T'Challa, or somebody else playing um, Thanos. Even though I'm not a fan, like I said, Josh Brolin is not my first pick as far as voice goes. That's what I'm. That's what I hear now, because of because of the series. So I want to hear Josh Brolin in the animated series too. If we're truly doing fan service, I want to hear everything that goes along with that. You know, and I think that if someone else is playing, I won't I be able to accept it now as far as the animated series goes. Like, okay, well, he couldn't be there today. That kind of thing. Like, if you had, <laughs> you, you, you know, that would you know, like if you had somebody else playing um, playing Agent Coulson, it's like, no, that's not. That's not Agent Coulson. Yeah, man. Sam, Sam, Sam Jackson. Someone's playing Sam Jackson. That's not Sam Jackson, yo. Right. That's 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 Luke. That's Luke Jackson, but not Sam Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know that's the thing, though. Like in all of those animated cartoons, like the X Men in the nineties, and mm-hmm. you know, and all this stuff, Spider Man in the nineties. You know, they would have multiple, multiple different actors uh, and voice actors. You know, playing those characters and and voicing those characters. And and I would have I would not have been surprised if they had done it, mm-hmm. but you know because the reality is is you're gonna pay way more. In theory, you know you're gonna pay way more to get, you know Kurt Russell to come back as ego at the end of the T'Challa episode for like just one line thirty seconds right yeah yeah <laughs> you know sh- shows up at a voice at a, at a, at a at a recording studio and 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 you know does it for an hour and probably makes, right. you know, $10,000 or some shit, you know, something crazy, you know. That's true. That's true. You know, and, and granted, you know, this is all probably part of their original deal. You know, if, if Feige and, and Marvel Studios were smart to say, hey, look, as part of this, you know, we need you to do some voice work, you know, and, you know, and all of this stuff, you know, each episode, this could have been done in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, Haley Atwell could have done her part in a day. Sebastian Stan, an afternoon. You know, uh, you know, all the characters who were not principals in the uh, in the episodes, you know, they, they could do them in an afternoon and be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, but I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and I just think, man, in general, like not unlike when they uh, when Zack Snyder did Watchmen, I was like, OK, this is Watchmen was such a weird idea to bring to the general public. Right. Who doesn't have years and years, you know, at that point you know, 40 years of superheroes and people putting on costumes and pajamas with their, with their underwear on the outside right. and, and fighting and having secret identities and supervillains. 
like without you kind of knowing what all that is and then the deconstruction of the superhero that was that was Watchmen, it just seemed like an odd thing to bring to the general public. I was like, I just don't think they're going to get it. Right. Like they're not going to get what it's supposed to be. And similarly, it was the same kind of a thing. My reaction, as mentioned twice before on this episode, with What If, where you know we'd been, you and I had been reading comics for, you know, however long before these, you know, this series came out as kids. Sure. So you know, it's like, okay, wait a minute, Spider Man is in the Fantastic Four. Right. What Daredevil's in Shield. Right. Jane Foster has the Hammer of Thor. Right, Captain Marvel is a, is is a scroll or whoever is a scroll. You know, yeah. <laughs> Conan is walking around in modern day with a three fifty seven like he's fucking Clint Eastwood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like all of these ideas, you know, blew our minds. Where we were like, Ugh, you know, right? But you know, you had to have have all all those formative years of reading comics as a kid in order for your mind to be blown. So anyway, that's that's ultimately what what I'm getting to. No, I get it. I get it. And I think I think. Um to your point, it's like I think what Marvel's established with the long track run and successful track run with these movies is that they they've taken some of the, the casual observers into being like like geeks that want to know more about what could happen. You know, you're right. Like I said, I mean, I think they're very smart. To like I said with the whole Loki thing, like I, I didn't suspect Loki would be a, a situation wherein they're introduced to introduce the, the branches of reality and breaking it down. And mm-hmm. you got to be careful of that though, man, because you get into a whole Crisis of Infinite Earth type situation in DC and a whole lot of mess to clean up. I mean, granted. There are already different Earths already in Marvel. I know six one six and, and several others, but not like DC, you know. And every so many years, DC tries to clean it up with a new crisis, and it's like Marvel needs to try to avoid it at all costs. You know, stick to stick to several streams. Yes, you do well. Five streams, you do well, and, and leave that shit alone. Because the, the farther you branch out, the more problems you have. You know. <laughs> you know what's yeah. funny? You say that because that's uh, what you said earlier about you know. Um, Loki and different timelines and all of that. And this does play right into the whole phase four announcement from a year or two ago, you know, where Feige was saying they're going to get more cosmic. They're going to play more with time and alternate realities. You know, like you're saying, bringing, bringing in Jeffrey Wright as Uatu animated just means that we might actually see a live action, you know, CGI Uatu. Uatu, yeah. You know, in the films at some point voiced by Jeffrey Wright, you know, to kind of con- carry you from the animated series mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. you were correct in saying that you know if someone doesn't watch these you know even though these are you know questions that are kind of left open uh, right open-ended so to speak but you know the the inclusion of the watcher the fact that there is multiple you know, and even you know in spider-man into the multiverse mm-hmm. into the spider-verse yeah. rather yeah. i should say yeah. yeah you know the same thing there's a different peter parkers there's different spider spider-mans right you know, and they're already playing with that. That's what, and, and in December, when the next Spider movie, Spider movie comes out, that's all about alternate realities. It's all about different, different blendings. You know, you got, you got uh, my man um, oh, playing Doc Ock back, man. Uh, oh, uh, um, Alfred Molina. Yes. Yes. That's going to be freaking awesome, dude. You know, and, it's gonna, and it's they're like, saying Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to come yeah, back. Yeah. That could happen. That could happen. Yeah. Because it's alternate realities. I mean, open up, open up the, you know, it's the multi, it's a multiverse of madness, which is going to be another uh, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. you know, um, movie. So they know exactly what they're doing, man. It's just gonna, it's how they're going to get there. It's going to be interesting, you know.
that concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.